This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9.54 a.m. September the 25th, 2019. This is episode 142 of Bitcoin and you saw the crash, right? You saw it happen. Looks like Ansel Linder was right, man. His 8,500 target was struck. So good job, bro. Good job. Okay, so is it bad? No. Is Bitcoin dead? No. You know why I know that? Because it just cranked out another block with transactions in it. I mean, a lot of transactions in it. So no, Bitcoin's not dead. Okay, let's 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 be sure about that. Um, the one thing, and I'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later in the show in in a story. But uh, the one thing that you know is is hopeful about all this is the fact that this kind of needs to happen to suck the rest of the breath out of the altcoin market, and it looks like that actually kind of happened. Or at least it helped it happen. So, you know, I just like altcoins just I keeled over and just kind of floundered in the street there for a little while. And it looks like they kind of still are. There's not not that big of a recovery from what I can tell as of, you know, 955 in the AM of Central Daylight Time. Um, so let's let's get into it. There's lots of stuff going on today other than the price. So uh Joeri Kant is writing for Cointelegraph. Payments firm Circle pauses Circle research in most recent cutback. Oh, oh, now this was this morning, but you know, about 15 hours ago. But oh, poor Circle, the anti Bitcoin company that wouldn't have been a company without Bitcoin. Yes, Circle actually cut out the ability to use Bitcoin in their app some time ago. And then when they figured out that that was the dumbest thing in the world to do, they reinstalled it. But the damage was done. Circle is up there with BitPay as uh, one of the worst, and coin, uh, Coinbase as, as some of the worst companies, worst Bitcoin companies ever. They all, all of their existence uh, it was given to them by Bitcoin, and they have basically just crapped all over it. So what's, what's going on with poor Circle? I don't know if I really give a shit, but here it is. Crypto finance startup Circle announced that it is hitting the pause button on its Circle research activities. In a blog post on September the 24th, the Circle team said the suspension came despite significant progress with its current content offerings. The team of the Goldman Sachs-backed crypto startup Circle explained, quote, it's time to evaluate our contribution... (laughs) contribution you contributed dick it's time to evaluate our contribution and overall strategy with that in mind we've decided to pause circle research activity for the time being as we decide on a future direction for the program end quote circle research was launched on october the 9th 2018 with the intent to provide weekly cryptocurrency market research and insights to help traders make better informed decisions 
The new news follows the previously announced termination of Circle's payment app, CirclePay, with, with support to cease on September the 30th. Cointelegraph reported in May that Circle CEO Jeremy Allaire had confirmed that executives had made the decision to lay off one in 10 of Circle's employees, approximately 30 people. The CEO put the blame on the U.S. regulatory climate, saying, quote, We made these changes in response to new market conditions, most importantly, an increasingly restrictive regulatory climate in the United States. I doubt it. You're just a shitty company and you deserve everything that's coming to you. Joeri Kant is also writing for Coin Telegraph yesterday. Tuesday shows bloodbath for altcoins. Up to 34% losses on top 20 coins. Woo. Altcoin prices are bleeding heavily with some of the top 20 coins showing losses of more than 34% on the day. The last few hours have been nothing but pain for the entire crypto market. Major coins are experiencing double-digit losses with BSV taking the not-so-desirable lead with a massive hit of more than 34% on the day. Good. The most popular altcoin Ether has dropped by more than $50 in the last 24 hours to a price point of $156 per coin, a heavy loss of 24% on the day. Uh, Ripple dropped below the critical 0.25 cent price point from an intraday high of 28 cents down to 23 cents uh, in a single day, showing a loss of 16%. Other top 20 coins that followed the massive exodus of cash, of cash, that's weird, uh, are EOS down 29% and Bcash down 24%. Cardano and Tron are both showing painful losses of about 23%. Cointelegraph just reported that the world's most popular crypto coin experienced its own flash crash from over $9,800 to $8,150 in less than a day and for the first time in months, which raises the questions if traders could see Bitcoin's price dropping further all the way down to $7,500. At publishing time, there is no sign of altcoins stabilizing their prices. Yeah, I hope they all die. So there's that. Like I said, you know, it, it kind of takes a massive drop of Bitcoin to facilitate the, the utter destruction of the altcoins. Because without a Bitcoin drop, people just, you know, it's, it's like Bitcoin drops and altcoins get the shaft. Good. They deserve the shaft because they're all scam coins, except I'm not even going to say except there may be some use case somewhere for some shit coin. But to tell you the truth, I just don't care. I can't I cannot muster the energy to give two shits about ninety nine point nine 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 percent of this crap and all the people that brought this crap to the table. No. I just, I just can't. It's just too much of a waste of my freaking time. Coindesk Nicholas Day is writing as of yesterday that the SEC delays decision on Wilshire Phoenix Bitcoin ETF proposal. Who would have guessed? The United States Security and Exchange Commission has begun proceedings to determine whether it should approve a proposed Bitcoin exchange traded fund. According to a public filing published Tuesday, the SEC has begun evaluating the proposed rule chain to allow NYSE ARCA to list the trade shares of Wilshire Phoenix's Bitcoin and Treasury Investment Trust. The companies first filed the rule change proposal in May. The ETF would give investors exposure to both Bitcoin and U.S. Treasury bonds. 
The SEC listed a number of questions for the general public, including what individuals think of the suggestion that the CME Bitcoin reference rate is not susceptible to manipulation. The SEC began taking comments on the proposal in June, and records show that only six individuals have submitted responses, both in support of and against allowing a Bitcoin ETF. One comment appears exasperated with the process, with an anonymous submitter writing only, quote, For God's sakes, just approve this Bitcoin ETF. This has been going on forever. It has, too. This is me talking. Like, it's, it started with the Winklevi. That's like three years ago. Yeah, this has been going on forever. I mean, dude, shit or get off the pot. Continuing on, according to another public filing, Wilshire Phoenix executives, NYSE ARCA employees, and members of the C-Word and Kissel law firm met with SEC staffers earlier in September. The SEC faces a final deadline to approve or disprove a Bitcoin ETF proposed by Bitwise Asset Management in the middle of October. The company has filed a number of reports with the SEC in an effort to convince the regulator that the Bitcoin market is mature enough to support such a product. It remains unclear whether the regulators are convinced of this fact, however. SEC Chairman Jay Clayton recently said that while the Bitcoin market has made a step to have ha, has made steps to mature, there is still work to be done before a Bitcoin ETF can be approved. VanEck and SolidX, which also faced a mid-October deadline, pulled their joint Bitcoin ETF proposal earlier this month. VanEck Director of Digital Asset Strategies Gabor Gerbax later said that bringing such a product remains the top priority, though he did not indicate if the companies would file the ETF proposal for a third time. The proposal was previously withdrawn during the prolonged government shutdown at the beginning of 2018. Regarding the Wilshire Phoenix proposal, the SEC has a legally mandate has a legally mandated 35 days from now to make a decision. So apparently the SEC doesn't I don't know what they're doing, quite frankly. This seems this at this point the exasperation that the anonymous guy was saying of the whole for God's sake, let's just get the shit done. I, I'm, even I'm starting to feel that, even though I really don't care about an ETF. Just watching the SEC fumble this and fumble and fumble and fumble points to a couple, a couple of possibilities. One, they are woefully inadequate to know anything about this shit as far as, as Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is concerned, that they just do not have the expertise. And they have not done the due diligence to go out and get the expertise. Or it's either that or they just don't want it. But if they don't want it, why don't they just say stamp it no and instead of this whole delay process? Because this is getting really, really old. All right, so Jimmy Aki is writing for Bitcoin Magazine yesterday. 25,000 points of sale in France to accept Bitcoin payments. Um, more than 25,000 points of sale in France will soon be able to accept Bitcoin payments through applications provided by Global POS, a retail software provider, according to a press release from the company. To enable the payment option, Global POS is leveraging their easy-to-play payments platform and easy wallet application. Nearly 30 brands are expected to accept Bitcoin payments through the partnership, which is set to go live in 2020, including cosmetics giant Sephora. Wow, man, shit, my wife loves that place. Sports gear company Decathlon, Intersport, Foot Locker, and others. Global POS also notes that, according to a survey conducted by market research firm Kantar, 4 million French citizens hold cryptocurrency and that this effort is meant to allow these people to spend their cryptocurrency in physical locations in the country. Quote, this is an important symbolic step in the evolution of payments methods in France. 
However, more than a symbol, what we bring to 25,000 outlets is the ability to safely enter the world of the 3.0 economy, says Stephanie DeJane, CEO and founder of Global POS. Wow, 3.0 economy. I haven't heard that used before. That's not bad. That's meme-worthy. Economy 3.0. I can see that shit taking off. All right, continuing. While the press release states that over 25,000 points of sale will be able to accept Bitcoin payments through the initiative, Global POS indicates on its website that its software is in closer to 3,500 stores. The release also notes that BTC accepted upon sales will immediately be converted into euros through conversion services provided by Savitar and Descoin, which are currently applying for accreditation under France's plan to action pour la croissance et la transformation des entreprises, or PACTI. Through retailers, although retailers will only be able to accept Bitcoin at first, Global POS hopes to enable payments through other cryptocurrencies soon. Just don't. Just freaking don't. Stop it. Quote, with our partners, we want to simplify the adoption of cryptocurrencies as a real means of payment within the framework defined by the law. If, initially, the service we offer will only allow the use of Bitcoins, our goal is to open our solution to other cryptocurrencies in the future, DeJane said. It is worth noting that value-added taxes are now imposed on cryptocurrencies being used to make payments in France. As Minister for the Economy Bruno Le Maire made clear in in September of 2019, while more burdensome tax requirements could be a stumbling block that prevents Bitcoin from being adopted by more merchants in France, technological progress like that from global POS should create positive momentum. So there you go. Adoption. In France, no less. Adoption. Bitfinex can stop turning over documents to the New York Attorney General court rules. Nicholas Day's writing for Coindesk yesterday, Bitfinex does not need to continue turning over documents to the New York State Attorney General's office, at least for now. According to a court order dated Tuesday, the appellate division of the Supreme Court has stayed a previous ruling by New York Supreme Court Judge Joel Cohen, Cohen ruled in August that Tether and its affiliated entities must produce documents about a $900 million loan to Bitfinex, the exchange that Tether shares leadership and shareholders with. According to the order, which listed appellate court justices David Friedman, Peter Tom, Toy Weber, oh, sorry, Troy Weber, Ellen Gesmer, and Jeffrey Owing, the respondents moved to stay in order to turn over documents about the loan. The judges wrote, quote, It is ordered that the motion is granted on condition. The appeal is perfected on or before November 4th, 2019 for the January 2020 term. End quote. The appeal will likely be fully briefed by sometime in December with arguments not occurring before next year. Bitfinex, its parent company, Ifinex, its sister firm, Tether, and other affiliated entities are fighting the New York Attorney General's office, which alleged in April... That the exchange covered up the loss of $850 million held by a payment processor by borrowing from Tether's stablecoin reserves. The New York regulator asked Bitfinex to turn over a number of documents pertaining to this alleged cover-up, which included a number of loans that Tether provided to Bitfinex to help the exchange process customer withdrawals and other transactions. Judge Cohen ruled last month that Bitfinex must turn over the documents, saying the NIAG's office, NYAG, NIAG's office had jurisdiction over the exchange and the document production should proceed. Attorneys for Bitfinex immediately appealed the decision. In a statement Tuesday, Stuart Hugner, 
or Hogner, general counsel for uh, two Bitfinex and Tether, said, quote, we are gratified by the panel's decision and we look forward to addressing the substantive issues before the appellate court. After the article was published, and a, a, a NIAG spokesperson told Coindesk that, quote, the injunction which prohibits the movement of money between Tether and Bitfinex is still in place. That has not changed. We look forward to making our case in court as we seek to have Judge Cohen's decision upheld and continue our investigation. Update. This article was updated with a comment from the New York Attorney General's office. So there, there you go. Okay, Square's back in the news. It's always in the news because they're always doing something cool. Brave New Coin is writing, let's see, it's uh, Kieran Smith is writing as of this morning, how Square Crypto aims to spark mass adoption. All right. Under the leadership of Twitter founder Jack Dorsey, Square's Cash App has become one of the biggest Bitcoin on-ramps and the entrepreneur has now turned his attention to developing the ecosystem by hiring, hiring developers and donating money. Cash App, which competes <coughs> excuse me, with the likes of Venmo and Google Pay, lit users send money with a simple tap and swipe. Since adding Bitcoin functionality in January 2018, the app has played an increasingly large role in the Bitcoin ecosystem by helping newcomers buy Bitcoin through a sleek, user-friendly interface. In the first quarter of 2019, Cash App clocked a record high of $65.5 million in revenue and $832,000 in profit from Bitcoin. This almost doubled in the second quarter with a total of $125 million in revenue as Bitcoin began to move upwards. In light of the recent growth, Square is broadening its offering and is said to be testing new features to rival platforms like Robinhood and Free Trade by enabling users to buy and sell stocks without fees. The main focus, however, focus, however, remains Bitcoin. Good for you, Jack. In an August interview with the Australian Financial Review, Dorsey said he believes Bitcoin will be at the center of Square's transition from a fintech company to an internet company. Quote, in the long term, cryptocurrencies will help us be more, be more and more like an Internet company where we can launch a product and the whole world can use it instead of having to go from market to market, bank to bank to bank and from regular regulatory body to regulatory body, end quote, said Dorsey. Unlike other initiatives like Facebook's Libra, which rely on a native token, Square has no plans to introduce its own cryptocurrency. Dorsey remains faithful to Bitcoin and has scorned private cryptocurrencies, telling the Sydney Morning Herald that he thinks, quote, an open Internet standards serve every person better than ones controlled or started by companies and that Bitcoin is likely to become the Internet's first native currency. Dorsey, Dorsey remains fiercely committed to Bitcoin and in September donated $100,000 to the open source BTC Pay Foundation. This comes with an investment in Square Crypto, which aims not to make a profit, but to build out the Bitcoin ecosystem and improve the Bitcoin experience for mainstream users. The goal, claims the anonymous Square Crypto Twitter account, isn't to make money, but to improve it. Nice. Memeage. That's memeable. To this end, Dorsey has re recently taken on three developers, Valentin Wallace, Jeffrey Sizz, or okay, we'll do this again. Valentin Wallace from Lightning Labs, Jeffrey Skix? CZYZ from Google and Arik Sossman from Facebook's Libra. Their appointments were announced in a series of tweets on September the 19th. What these developers will work on is not yet clear, but as Square Crypto's Twitter account suggests, the project is likely to be focused on making Bitcoin easier to use. Quote, the focus is on design, tweeted Square Crypto in April. There's a reason why many of the brightest minds from CS 
to economics and beyond have dedicated their careers to crypto. That said, mass adoption is almost impossible without great design. One of our goals is to accelerate the role of user experience design in crypto. In the spirit of open source, the project has issued a call on Twitter for suggestions of projects that would help the ecosystem, claiming there is no project we won't consider as long as it improves or proliferates Bitcoin. Legions of fans have responded with suggestions for development, most of which revolve around the Lightning Network, of which Dorsey is a keen supporter, and the Bitcoin user experience. Jack Shapiro, a former team member at Nano, suggests Square should build incredible UX for Lightning so the average person can use it. And Lightning developer Fulmo would like Square to bring Bitcoin to outer space using low-orbit satellites that run a full node. Others have made more down-to-earth suggestions like John Miles, who suggests that integrating Bitcoin payments into Square terminals could potentially have the biggest impact from an adoption standpoint. And I agree. I agree with that. If they were to do that integration, that would be ballers. I mean, just straight-up ballers. But anyway, so there, there's what... That's sort of a synopsis of what Square's been up to over the last couple of months. It's nice to, to revisit. I've, I've reported on all of that before, but this is a nice, tight synopsis just to remind us that uh, just how much ass Square Crypto is actually kicking. Okay, Bitcoin's Bitcoin shopping app Fold raises $2.5 million to bring Lightning to retailers. Now, this one was all over my tweet deck today. Oh, my God. Fold and Fold underscore app on Twitter was everywhere. I couldn't get away from it. So let's what, what's all the hubbub about? Well, let's find out from Leah Kuhn writing for Coindesk that was this morning. The lightning-friendly Fold app, which allows users to spend Bitcoin on goods like clothes and pizza and then earn Bitcoin back rewards, just added fiat capability after raising its first round as an independent startup. Fold product lead Will Reeves told Coindesk that start, the startup spun out of thesis with a $2.5 million raise led by Kraft Ventures, CoinShare, Slow Ventures, Goldcrest Capital, and Fulger Ventures, among others. Reeves said that capital will go towards cementing partnerships both in the cryptocurrency and retail space. Quote, we'll be rolling out subscriptions options for merchants and consumers soon that will provide premium services and highest rewards, Reeves said, adding, quote, when people spend fiat at retailers, they will receive BTC rewards. They can spend those rewards or withdraw them to an on-chain address. In the future, we are releasing an update that allows people to withdraw rewards directly to Lightning, which will lower fees and make it more usable, end quote. In short, the app can be connected to a debit card for Bitcoin back on regular purchases through the app, or users can send Bitcoin to the Fold app from the independent, their independent wallets. A mobile Fold app with full features currently available via desktop, Reeves added, is slated for launch in October. Until then, the mobile app is also available to users that sign up through Fold's website for early access. CoinShares co-founder Meltem Demirs told Coindesk Fold app is unique compared to other retail-focused Bitcoin apps because it encourages users to use non-custodial wallets. Quote, I'm excited to work not only with Fold, but also with our community of portfolio companies, corporate partners, and other service providers to build an integrated user experience around Bitcoin payments. Quote, end quote, she said. While there are several other retail-focused crypto apps gaining traction like Lolly and Flexa, Fold is the most focused on Lightning payments. Fold app is already integrated with two Lightning-friendly wallets, Blue Wallet and Breeze, 
This is what attracted Folger Venture partner Oleg Mihilsky to the investment. Quote, we believe the Lightning Network has the ability to become an interesting payments rail for various applications due to features like instant final settlement, cost-efficient microtransactions, the ability to stream payments, and the support of other assets over Lightning in the future, Mihalski told Coindesk, adding, quote, We, as investors, are in a leading mo- learning mode as well. We're placing our bets on different types of applications and models and learning from them. Supporting startups that experiment with how to drive adoption is one of our priorities, end quote. Lolly told Coindesk in July that it, too, was planning to eventually add lightning options, so it remains to be seen how the retail app race will play out. In the meantime, Fold is offering a type of crypto training wheels to retailers like Macy's, Targets, and Amazon. On the merchant side, they only see a payment process by Fold, not the user's credit card or Bitcoin wallet address. This offers more privacy than directly shopping via the merchant's website. Fold then cashes out the payment for merchants, which typically chose to receive the value in fiat. Well, of course, because they just, they don't get it yet. They will. They'll get it soon enough, but not yet. Quote, we can settle in fiat or Bitcoin, yet all major merchants chose to settle in fiat now, so they don't take volatility risk or accounting overhead, Reeves said, adding, quote, Fold can seamlessly transition them when they are ready because we are already directly integrated into their point-of-sale systems, end quote. Okay. Now, <coughs> excuse me, in that story, they mentioned the release of the mobile app. Okay, so that's sort of, I mean, this was big news. 2.5 million in round, you know, in fundraising, or, uh, oh God, a $2.5 million round. That was big news. But then the next thing I saw was that their release of the, um, of the, well, they haven't released it yet, but they are intending to release a mobile app, which they do not currently have. Well, I mean, they have it, but it's in beta, right? Clo- I'm, I, what I'm assuming is a closed beta. Um, so let's, let's get into that. Let's d- dive into that. And this is actually written from Will Reeves, who's in his part of the Fold family, and his name was just mentioned in there, in that last story. Uh, he is writing as of this morning, or he published it this morning on Medium. He says, the Fold app is here. Today, we're giving away early access to Fold's new app and a ton of Bitcoin. The earlier you get access, the more sats you'll get. Refer friends to move up the list. Um, available on iOS and Android, Fold users can now spend fiat or Bitcoin and get up to 20% cash back in Bitcoin at retailers like Amazon, Uber, Starbucks, Hotels.com, <clears throat> and many more. It's simple. Sync your credit card on or Lightning wallet and spend via Fold at select retailers online, in-store, or in-app, earning Bitcoin on every purchase instantly. Fold users have earned nearly 100 million Satoshis in the last 30 days alone. Get up to 100 thousand satoshis for being one of the first to hashtag stack sats with the new app uh, <clears throat> i love this header yellow app good number go up we give normies and maximalists alike the ability to earn bitcoin while shopping if all rewards points issued last year approximately 48 billion dollars were paid out in bitcoin nearly 14 million bitcoin would have been distributed to 170 million people with a present day value of about 140 billion 
laugh out loud. We're changing the fact that rewards points are issued in the form of restricted airline miles, arbitrary points, or depreciating fiat instead of the best performing asset of the last decade, Bitcoin. But unlike existing rewards programs that require users to give up their privacy for points, Fold's new app rewards users for shopping privately, amongst many, many other things. Incognito mode for everyday spending. We combine Bitcoin, Lightning Network, prepaid cards, and other privacy features to ensure your personal information, payment details, and transaction data is kept private, safe from advertisers and attackers alike. We're a payment gateway with rewards instead of fees and a rewards program with privacy instead of surveillance. Fold is incognito mode for everyday spending, one of the most private forms of payment available. It's become dangerous to go shopping. Every time you make a purchase, you reveal a lot. Personal details, payment information, transaction history, and location data to the retailer, card network, bank, financial apps, and payment processor, all of which are the target of frequent attacks. Of course, there's also the increasing surveillance of everyday payments by advertisers, governments, corporations, and even employers. Fold is one more tool in your arsenal to thwart the bad guys right alongside your ad blocker, private browser, password manager, encrypted messaging, and lightning node. It's time for the world to experience Bitcoin as a fundamentally better way to pay, save, and most importantly, live. We've partnered with experienced investors to ensure, or rather, to pursue our vision of making Bitcoin accessible and rewarding for everyone. <clears throat> we want to give the warmest welcome to Craft Ventures, CoinShares, Slow Ventures, Goldcrest Capital, Fulgar Ventures, and others. <clears throat> also, many thanks to Fold's technical and spiritual guides, including Elizabeth Stark, Alex Bosworth, Matt Leongo, James Prestwich, Marty Bent, Nick Carter, Melton Demers, Brian Murray, P P Pierre Richard, Jill Carlson, Hodel Anot, Dan Held, Russell O'Kung, Jeremy Welch, George McKeel, Jack Mallers, Alex Gladstein, Sam Leeson, and Oleg Milhowski. Guys, you, you didn't put Matt O'Dell on there? Really? Dude. Dude. Come on. Guy. Will. Okay, look. Will, uh, you may not be, you're probably not listening to this, but Mr. Reeves, please go back, correct this. And put Matt O'Dell's name on there because he deserves to be on this list. Okay, so this is kind of a big deal. Uh, alongside of, of like, you know, one of my all-time favorite companies is Lolly. And alongside them, we're seeing Fold also come up really quick. And I, you know, I, and quite frankly, I, I think it's like at this point, it's all of our jobs to grow the freaking pie. No, no backstabbing, no gnashing of teeth, no crying, no whining because somebody else has entered the space. Make the space bigger. If we need, if there's more people coming in, then we don't need to be kicking other people out or trying to kill them or whatever. We just need to build more space. So it's up to all of us. No matter what the fuck it is you do, figure out a way to apply it to building more space. It may not work. You you may, I mean, you may fail like the first few or few times. I'm failing on a daily basis over here, but I try and try and try. I want to build the space. I want to build the space out. I want more people to come in and I don't want them to be fighting with each other. I want them to be building stuff. And the only way that happens is if we have adequate space to maneuver. There is more than enough space that can be built 
The question is, will it be built? And that's up to all of you guys and me. Helen Parts is writing for Cointelegraph. Two hours ago, Binance now lets users buy five cryptocurrencies with, get this, debit and credit card. The debit card, I'm not all that worried about. It's the credit card part that just blows my mind here. All right, let's 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 see what kind of chicanery is going on. <clears throat> Binance users can now buy crypto using their Visa and MasterCard debit and credit cards the company announced in a blog post on September the 25th. Using CoinAll, Binance clients are able to buy five cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ether, Litecoin, Ripple, and Bcash, the post notes. The London-based payment processor charges 2.5% per transaction with the purchased assets on average taking 5 to 20 minutes to reach a Binance wallet. Since CoinAll payments or CoinAll payment processing is subject to local bank policies, the solution is not available in a wide list of countries or, and regions, Binance noted. To date, CoinAll does not support bank cards issued within mainland China, Russia, the United States, Vietnam, Oh, God. Bolivia, Colombia, Ecuador, Algeria, Bangladesh, Indonesia, Jordan, Kyrgyzstan, Morocco, Nepal, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Pakistan, Taiwan, and Cambodia. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. Introducing the new service on September the 24th, Binance CEO CZ stated that the new solution is a key milestone for driving mass adoption for crypto. CZ said, quote, freedom to convert easily between fiat and cryptocurrency is key to bringing crypto further mainstream. As the blockchain industry matures, there is more demand to bridge the two worlds than ever before, end quote, on September the 23rd. Binance launched trading in its U- on its United States-based subsidiary, Binance U.S., initially supporting 13 currency pairs. On September the 24th, the exchange announced support for five more cryptocurrencies. Okay, so what I got a problem with this, <clears throat> it's the credit card. They This particular article doesn't give enough, like, kind of the detail that I want, but, but, with, if it's not being said, then here's the assumption that I can go rack up 50 grand in debt on my credit card by buying shit coins, get wrecked AF, and then, and then remain wrecked for the rest of your life. It's like screwed for life because you, you decided that it was a good idea to take out a MasterCard, pay 18% interest on $50,000, another 2.5% interest to the guys that are holding, that are processing the payment so that you can hold a bag of shit. Don't do that. No, this isn't investment advice, but I got to tell you, this the stupidest thing that I've ever heard of. And that holds true for everything, including Bitcoin, gold, or anything else. If it's an investment instrument, borrowing money, on a credit card to purchase said instrument is stupid. Don't do it unless you've got insider information that is rock solid. And I mean, it better be freaking rock solid corroborated by more than two insiders. Then don't do it. And the chances of of most people uh, having that kind of insider information, unless you're a United States Senator or house of representatives, Uh, Yeah, you're not going to get that. By the way, it is legal for the Congress of the United States to act on insider trading. I don't know if you knew that. If you did that or if I did that, we'd go to jail. The guys in, in, in our Congress in the United States, they can do that legally. 
That's why they're all rich, because they all know what's going down behind the scenes before any of us other idiots do, and they bank on it, and then they bank hard. Just keep that in mind. If you think that if you think our interests are part of their daily, the part of their daily plan, you're fooling yourself. British police to auction off $600,000 in confiscated Bitcoin today, also known as Let's be stupid. <laughs> Marie Hulliot for Cointelegraph is writing this morning, British police are auctioning off half a million sterling, 621,400 worth of seized Bitcoin, the London Economic reported on September the 25th. The funds were reportedly seized from a criminal who had offered his hacking services in exchange for Bitcoin and had illegally stolen and sold personal data. The sale represents the first time that forfeited cryptocurrency funds are sold on behalf of the United Kingdom authorities, according to the report. Beyond Bitcoin, the police are also selling off luxury assets belonging to the criminal, including cars, diamond jewelry, and a Rolex watch. The auction, managed by Ireland-based auction house Wilson's Auctions, will launch online today and go under the hammer tomorrow, September the 26th. As previously reported, Wilson's Auctions has sold over $400,000 of seized Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies on behalf of the Belgian government in March. The United States was the first nation to begin organizing auctions for the sale of ill-gotten cryptocurrencies seized by the authorities in 2014 with Bitcoins confiscated from the infamous Silk Road online marketplace. American investor Tim Draper apparently won the 2014 Silk Road auction for 29,656 forfeited Bitcoin, as reported at the time. So, yeah, you know, you probably just want to keep those. I mean, again, this is like converting directly to fiat because you know no other way. It's not because the systems, the fiat system is better. Most of us that have been in the space for a while know that it's not, but let's say that you were just normie, living normie life out there in normie world in your little normie car and your little normie job, going, you know, driving your little normie way, you know, sort of like the Lego guy in the Lego movie. That's all, that's the world you know. I'm not saying that normies are bad or inherently bad people. They're not. It's just it takes it takes a nuclear explosion under your ass to understand just how bad this crap that system is. If that nuclear bomb has not gone off yet, then you can expect this kind of behavior to permeate the space for years to come. They don't know any better. It's not that they're evil. It's not that they even think that Bitcoin is bad necessarily. It's just that the only way they can think is in terms of dollars, pound sterling, euros, rubles, what have you. You know, that, I want to start the what have you fiat currency. How many what have yous you got? Okay, uh, let's see. Continuing on, Helen Parts is also writing for Cointelegraph as of this morning that Peter Thiel-backed investment fund one confirmation raises $45 million. Nice. 
Crypto investment fund One Confirmation, backed by tech billionaire Peter Thiel, has raised $45 million for its second fund. Following the raise, One Confirmation has over $75 million in assets under management for investing in new projects in the crypto industry, the firm's founder Nick Tomaano announced on September the 25th. San Francisco-based One Confirmation is one of the earliest crypto investment firms that have high-profile backers such as PayPal co-founder Thiel, billionaire investor Mark Cuban, Andreessen Horowitz co-founder Mark Andreessen, and global private equity fund of funds Horsley Bridge, the Post notes. Tomaino, is it Tomaino? Yeah, it's got to be Tomaino. A former employee at major United States-based crypto exchange and wallet service Coinbase declined to provide the details of investors in the new fund in an interview with Fortune. However... <coughs> my 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 however he said that includes it includes a lot of his initial investors tomino added that the crypto industry is still waiting for a mainstream application beyond speculation however the adoption of crypto for savings and lending is gaining momentum he added in january 2019 the wall street journal reported that one confirmation initially projected to raise 60 million dollars for its second fund so it seems to have fallen a little bit short but there you go. I mean, the people are just kind of pumping money into this damn thing left and right. Seems like there's no sign of abatement. Did Bitcoin die? No, Bitcoin didn't die. So there's your morning roundup. Vital statistics. You're not going to like it. But these are the vitals brought to you by BitInfoCharts.com. We have Bitcoin at a price of $8,396.74. It does appear that the that, that is the high. Yep, that, that is. No, no, the high is over at GDAX at a, a, a oh my God, a mind-blowing $8,406. We have a low over at, um, no, that was not, I am so very sorry. Biff, uh, Ethfinex has the high at 8,457. Okay. So the low is hit BTC at 8,388.67. We have 350,000 transactions over the last 24 hours with right around 15,000 transactions per hour on average. 1 million, 1.6 million. I don't like that number. 1.666.905 million or 1,666. 1,905 BTC. That's 666 number, man. Man, me no like that number. But 1.6 million BTC have been sent over the last 24 hours with 70,000 BTC being sent on average per hour. The average transaction value is oh, 4.83 BTC. The median transaction value is 0.039 BTC or right around 326 bucks, which is where I like to see it. Block time is low at 8 minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, the daily train wreck is not going to like that one bit. And you'll, you'll find out why in a little bit. 0.2, yeah, 0.26, 0.27 BTC are being taken in fees on a per block basis. 42 BTC have been taken overall in fees over the last 24 hours. Hash rate has increased by 22.1% to 91 exahashes per second. And it looks like the last uh, commit to the GitHub Bitcoin repository was sometime yesterday. Ethereum at 169. Bcash, 223. Litecoin, 55. BSV, 
85. <laughs> Ethereum Classic is at five bucks. Dogecoin is 0.0022. So poor Doji got hit pretty hard. Um, yeah, Doge ain't, ain't <clears throat> beating anybody. So there's that. Mempool looks like we're about nine blocks deep and 15,000 unconfirmed transactions. Uh, while I was setting the show up, I saw that there was a block with zero transactions. Miners, what are you doing? Stop it. Be good actors or be put down like a dog. All right. Lightning Network is, looks like the number of nodes has increased by 3.17% in the last 30 days. Okay. So that I finally figured that one out. It's over the, those are over the last 30 days. Number of channels has decreased 0.8% in the last 30 days. So that now we have a uh, 36,215 network capacity is still down 2% over the last 30 days. Make sure about that. Hey, come here. Yeah. Past 30 days. So we're right at $7 million worth of BTC in the network. Active channels in the last uh, 30 days is up about half a percent to 5,977 new nodes is up 128%. Over the last 30, no, this is actually over the last 24 hours. This is, these, these ones are really important. <clears throat> so the new nodes that came online in the last 24 hours is 16. That's 128% increase over the last 24 hours. Last seven days, we've seen 77 new nodes come online. And over the past 30, we've seen a full 312 come online. New channels over the last 24 hours is 289, representing a 165% increase over the last 24 hours. Over the last seven days, 1,200 channels have been opened, and in the past 30 days, 5,000 channels have been opened. So there you go. That's your vital statistics. All right, as promised, I'm not going to drag you down the caravan trail anymore. I promised you yesterday, that was it, had to be done, there's nothing for it. Sorry about that. Today, we're going to do something completely different. Say hello to my friends at Oingo Boingo.
Dead Man's Party, brought to you by Oingo Boingo, which I dude that was that was just a that was a great band. I'm sorry, man. I don't care what anybody says, but Oingo Boingo was one of the coolest bands. It just had a great look. They had a great sound. You know, Danny Elfman had you know was just guy's brilliant. You know, he does. Mo- I think he does mostly movie soundtracks now. Uh, pretty much as far as I know, he works exclusively with Tim Burton, but that, yeah, that, that's just an exaggeration still though. Uh, if you ever get a chance to just sit down and chill out with Oingo Boingo, I highly recommend it because it's never going to put a frown on your face. It's always going to make you smile. And we kind of need that because yeah, as much as we don't, we say, Oh, I don't care about price. Oh, bullshit. Of course you care about price. Everybody cares about price. We just try not to care about it 100% of the damn time. So if you're feeling kind of sad, back up, roll that song again, listen to the words intently because we're all at a party. I don't think we're really at a dead man's party because last I saw a couple of minutes ago, Bitcoin pumped out yet one more block. That's how we know that it's not dead because it keeps pumping out blocks. Okay, so what do we got here? Oh God, the daily train wrecked. Here we go. Um... Let's see. I, I I'm gonna take a breath, a little step back, and figure and kind of figure out how to best represent this one. Hold on for just one sec. Okay, let's let's work it this way. Today's daily train wreck is brought to you by Emin Goon Sarir, who writes yesterday. Bitcoin hash rate down by thirty percent. Anyone know why? Looks very unhealthy. You know, Emin, I think it would be more unhealthy to stake my name to shitcoins who live and die at Bitcoin's say-so. I I mean, honestly, guys, because he wrote that at 6.12 a.m., sort of like my time. I'm sure he didn't write it at that time, but that's when it came over, you know, my, you know, my Twitter feed, you know, 6, 12 AM, you know, yesterday, September the 24th in 24 hours, the hash rate had increased 20% and it was back up to just under 90 hashes, uh, exahashes per second. Now it's over 92 exahashes per second. This guy teaches at a major Ivy league institution. And yet he allows himself to gut reaction because he hates Bitcoin so much because, you know, he got wrecked because he sold at such an early. Now he wants everybody to sell for whatever reason and support his shit coins because he's supported more shit coins. And this includes BCH, BSV and a whole host of other ones. And he has the audacity to say that this looks unhealthy when as this was crashing Every bag holding guy that ever listened to this dude is cursing his name because their shit bags are even more underwater than Bitcoin. And if you actually compare it to Bitcoin, the the price pairs instead of to like comparison on fiat, like uh, Bitcoin to USD or ETH to USD. No, no, no. It's like you never do that. To get the real picture, you compare the shit coins directly to the BTC price. And then it gets even worse. It just looks, it's just a bloodbath. Like a dragon came into the room of, of bag holders and just decided to sport kill every single one of them in a very, very grueling and probably fashionable manner. In either event, 
to say that this looks very unhealthy is stupid. I mean, there's not even a way to know that this was, was this the reporting issue of the network? I mean, was there a, is there, was there something collecting data from the network that went down and it made it look like mining went down? We don't know. Not yet. We may find out. And by the time that I publish this podcast, maybe we got the answer. But really, 30%, 40% of mining power just decided to flip the switch. No. This is something different. Unless unless I'm proven wrong by a whole bunch of facts and data that says, yes, all these miners have written a letter and they've all signed it saying that they decided that exactly this time they were going to shut down their mining for reasons. Okay, in that case, I'm wrong. I'll, I'll take it on the chin. I think this was just something like whatever was collecting data went offline or had a glitch or something like that. Who knows? But still, when you say Bitcoin's unhealthy and yet when it coughs, your shit bags burn to the ground, I'm not sure that's exactly where you want to be, rep- how you want to be representing yourself, Em. And so... Anyway, uh, there's your smoldering pile, smoldering over there. Okay, so Terrible Joke Corner is brought to you by Dad Says Jokes, at Dad Says Jokes on Twitter, but in a different way because it's actually kind of co-sponsored by at fold underscore app because I say today's terrible joke corner is especially poignant given the at fold underscore app announcements. I list a few people that I thought might appreciate being mentioned in this thing. And then boldly without shame, shill my fold app ref link. That's right. That's right. Because the dad joke for today, I've been prescribed anti gloating cream. I can't wait to rub it in. Yeah, this whole thing with fold uh, is getting is getting cool. And I'm just as excited for them and for what it means to the industry as I was when Lolly popped up and the LN Pizza guys and like well that's actually kind of kind of connected it, it, whatever. It, anybody who's building out this space like this deserves, you know, deserves attention. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to shill my ref link. I don't give a shit. You know, I I don't care. They gave me a ref link, you know, and I'm going to shill it because, you know, why the hell not? But this really kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, grow the space. You want to see more stuff like this, then we need to grow the space. How? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm doing you know, I'm trying to do my part by, you know, reading y'all the daily, you know, like the, the daily news, even though it's only three times a week so that you can ride a bike or drive to work or, or ride a bus. And you, you know, if you don't want to read or you don't have time to sit in front of a computer and read all this stuff, that's why I do this. So you'll know what the hell's going on. This is one way that I can contribute to the space. Okay. It may not be the best way, but it's the way that I'm doing it right now. That's, you just got to pick something and try because what's important is to grow the space so that, so that we have more of this stuff and that they're not trying to, to cut into each other's pie. 
Because as long as the pie keeps growing, I think it's going to be all right. But I'm I'm happy to see Fold do this. Um, I'm I'm still one of the biggest fans of Lolly that there is. I still love LN, you know, LN underscore pizza. You know, all these things are incredibly, incredibly important to this space. It's also important to how to say uh, morale because we just had this huge dump and then all of a sudden, you know, here's Fold going, I, I don't have time to look at the dump. Here's some really cool shit. Take a look at it. By the way, here's a ref link. Go shill it. Uh, it is business as usual, people. It is business as usual in the space. Emmons being dumb. You know, the price has dropped. People declaring Bitcoin dead. And yet we just march, you know, right the hell on. And so good for all of us. Give yourselves a round of applause. A little golf clap, at least. A little golf clap. Okay. So if you want to help me out, go over to Apple iTunes. Give me a five-star rating. That would be cool. Go and chill out on my Twitter feed at B-E-N-N-D-7-7. That's B-E-N-N-D-7-7. Find my, my ref link for Fold, for Fold app. It's, it's in like the, the, just look where I've tweeted. I tweeted it one hour ago um, and it got some people in there. My, my ref link is in there. Go go shill it or or go go take part of it. Get or get your own ref link and shill the shit out of it yourself. But a five-star review for this podcast on Apple iTunes, really helpful. And it doesn't cost you nothing but time. And I do even then, I am I am aware that time is important. It's not like it's actually free. So I would appreciate it because it would help me out a great deal to get a little bit more reach going on. I'm trying to beat my month over month numbers and I'm coming in a little, uh, coming in a little cold, not a whole lot, but still a little. Anyway, with all that said, if you missed Tuesday's show, I just want to reiterate that I ran across a group of high school students talking about Bitcoin in a town of less than 20,000 people in front of a freaking supermarket. All right. Keep that in mind. Don't worry so much about the price. Keep your eye on the price. Just don't really put all your eggs in that basket, and I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.